Welcome to Buzz House, a Baker Tilly podcast. Baker Tilly is a leading advisory, tax, and assurance firm dedicated to building long-lasting relationships and helping you win now and anticipate tomorrow. In this podcast series, developed specifically for professionals in the multifamily housing industry, we'll take an inside look at the topics and issues facing multifamily housing professionals today, tomorrow, and in the future. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of Buzz House, our Baker Tilly weekly podcast where you can find all the buzz affecting multifamily housing. I'm Don Bernard, the partner in charge of Baker Tilly's multifamily housing practice. I'll be talking with my cohort and partner, Garrett Gibson, who also specializes in consulting on multifamily transactions around the country. We've had a number of guests in the Buzz House the past few weeks, and that will continue the trend today by bringing in Terry Heaton, our principal with Baker Tilly's municipal advisory team, along with Michaela Hewitt, a director also with Baker Tilly's municipal advisory team. With Terry and Michaela in the Buzz House today, we're going to focus specifically on housing from a municipality's viewpoint, diving into funding being provided by cities, looking at municipal strategies on housing, and for all those developers listening in, what are the cities looking for in projects brought forth by development companies? We'll cover these also with the pandemic in the back of our minds as well. And with that, we'll turn over to Garrett. Hello, thanks for uh, coming on to Buzz House, Terry and Michaela. I'll go ahead and dive right in. So Michaela, how has available funding by municipalities for multifamily looked over the past few years? And what effects do you think the pandemic will have? So depending on their mission and purpose, policy and practice, uh, municipalities have taken varied positions on how they choose to finance multifamily housing projects. Some of the clients we've worked with have established programs that facilitate the construction of housing with the focus on senior workforce and affordable to meet the needs of the community that have not been met by the market. In this situation, municipalities have an advantage over the private market as they have patient capital and lower expectations for returns on their capital investments. But the majority of our clients do not physically own or construct housing properties and instead implement programs that can be used to facilitate development, again, focusing on the needs of their community. And alternatively, they choose to develop a uh, toolkit of funding sources that can be available to facilitate multifamily housing and close any potential financing gaps. Some of the tools that are familiar um, and available for municipalities to use include tax increment financing, tax abatement financing, CDBG funds, home funds, establishment of affordable housing trust funds and revolving loan funds, housing improvement areas or special service districts, uh, HUD program lending, or private activity tax-exempt bonds. Tax increment financing is probably one of the more popular and readily available tools that municipalities have used to implement multifamily housing. Subject to individual state regulations and requirements, tax increment financing captures the incremental taxes that are generated from the new development to offset a portion of the extraordinary costs related to the construction of uh, multifamily housing. We've seen tax increment financing used for all types of housing, including affordable, mixed income, and market rate housing. And again, this is subject to market demand and uh, location of where our clients are. In most cases, municipalities will provide assistance on a reimbursement basis, which is referred to as pay-as-you-go, in which a developer or private investor finances all the costs up front and would rely upon the, the annual remittance of the tax increment to be reimbursed. 
Tax abatement is another popular tool and is similar to tax increments, except uh, the municipality provides abatement assistance that doesn't always rely upon solely uh, incremental growth in the tax base. In this instance, a special levy outside of the uh, typical levy limits are used to finance the uh, portion of the costs. Wow, that's a, that's a, that's a interesting. So, so Terry, it, it, it seems like it's not always one tool solution, is it? That's right. Uh, most often, housing involves several financing tools in combination. The pandemic has had mixed impacts on municipalities. However, the majority of our clients, they've experienced some level of reduction in revenues, whether that's from property taxes, utility payments, sales, and other related sales tax, or other related taxes, and any other revenue sources. Uh, the reductions in revenues alters their budgets and may impact their ability to provide funding for housing projects, whether through annual levy or dedicated funding for housing. So the pandemic has also impacted those living paycheck to paycheck. There were protections that prevented landlords from evicting tenants who couldn't afford the rent. That will change as emergency relief measures are phased out and there will be a critical need to prevent more homelessness. For the most part, our clients are still experiencing high demand for multifamily housing of all types, including affordable, mixed income, senior and market rate. We're starting to see the pendulum swing from rental housing to ownership, and we will be working with municipalities to meet market demands. That may include ownership options and programs that support that direction. There's a strong desire to support affordable housing, but as resources become scarce, there's a desire to shift some of the available funding from housing to commercial, small businesses, and there's always stronger need than availability of resources, especially when it comes to financing housing. Terry, uh, a quick follow-up on that. You know, what types of strategies are you seeing municipalities bringing? Are, are, there, are there changes? Are there trends in, in the strategies? Yeah, there are. Uh, traditionally, municipalities have provided financing to multifamily housing as grants to offset a portion of the extraordinary costs and to fund financing gaps. We're starting to see a trend from providing grants and other direct support to stretching budgets by providing repayable loans. So municipalities can borrow money at much lower rates, which is a benefit to the developer. And that's especially true if they're willing to pay back the loan with a general obligation taxation pledge. In some cases, the loans can be deferred or forgiven if the applicant meets specific criteria related to the goals of the community. And with that, um, municipalities are exploring the opportunities to create a revolving loan fund um, and so that the money can be returned to the fund for other uses and creating public-private partnerships. The result is that there's more efficiency in the use of public funds and the availability of revenues to support more projects. We're working with more clients um, at maximizing the use of these limited resources by incorporating outside funding sources, and that includes you know, the reuse of funding. And a recent example is an establishment of a, an affordable housing fund trust uh, to facilitate multiple affordable and mixed income housing projects. So they're leveraging a portion of the tax increment financing dollars um, and moving them to a pooling um, of TIF to support larger areas where surplus TIF for each project can be accumulated. 
Municipalities are also looking at leveraging multiple resources from regional, state, and potentially federal levels subject to the type of development. So they're investing public funds only after other resources have been exhausted. Many are interested in using CARES money and the economic development grants to generate funding to sustain businesses and address the current housing strife brought about by the pandemic and the plans that were interrupted so they can build a housing war chest and adequately respond to opportunities and provide a workforce uh, housing needed to support their commercial properties. Construction of new affordable housing can especially be challenging due to competition for funding, timing for the deployment of revenues, and in some cases, limited internal resources. And as a result, some nonprofit developers are shifting gears to preserve NOAA, um, naturally occurring affordable housing, as opposed to constructing new units. And their approach may also require alternative funding strategies and the ability of the municipality to mobilize quickly. That's great. So, so far we've heard um, the level of funding, the types of, of funding that, that are out there and, and the types of strategies that you're seeing with these municipalities. So Michaela, maybe you can provide some specific examples on what strategies you are seeing. Thanks, Garrick. And to elaborate on what um, Terry discussed, we're seeing more municipalities shifting from providing um, grants into looking at loan funding, which is really more of a gap financing tool through the use of the affordable housing trust funds or revolving loan funds. Uh, with, with the trust funds, municipalities can leverage um, additional funding sources from corporations that may benefit from providing housing to their employees, as well as um, agencies that are looking for tax deductible donations um, as part of their, their mission. The result is additional upfront funding um, that can support multiple projects and provide greater resources from both the public side, as well as provide that gap financing that is a more affordable and more obtainable for the private sector. We're also seeing municipalities exploring options that would move towards um, construction ownership of housing as a means of reducing costs um, for residents and for themselves if they're able to build and own multifamily housing long-term or temporarily until they can be sold, they're able to control the timing, the place, and the management of the development process and select long-term ownership that's based on the requirements and conditions that it's uh, set forth. Municipalities are also exploring opportunities to provide um, resources that would incent home ownership um, for residents as opposed to rental. The goal in this um, situation is to allow residents the opportunity to build equity in which um, in current circumstances perhaps they cannot but by building equity and staying in the community it builds that that sense of community that um, both residents and uh, municipalities are looking for. Communities have also um, explored the use of special service districts and housing improvement areas as another strategy to assist with financing older um, housing stock, primarily owner-occupied housing. Um, and this again goes back to the, the, sh the shift of preserving the, the NOAA units. Um, it's treated like an assessment to finance a portion of the cost that the condo or the townhome association is unable to finance on their own. And municipalities can either internally finance these costs and assess them to the, the property owners or issue general obligation housing improvement bonds that align with the repayment abilities of the residents. We're also seeing communities using uh, what's referred to as inclusionary zoning that uh, requires a share of new construction be affordable to persons with low to moderate incomes. 
Um, the purpose of the inclusionary zoning is to reduce and the exclusion of low-cost housing from municipality through the zoning code. And currently, these zoning programs can be mandatory or voluntary. Um, although the voluntary programs exist, the vast majority of inclusionary zoning programs that have been in place are mandatory that require developers, again, to include a percentage of their units as affordable in new developments. And if they choose not to have a portion of the units be affordable, then they do a, a payment in lieu of um, instead, and that provides additional funding that municipalities can use to either in, include in their housing programs and provide funding for other affordable housing opportunities. When looking at strategies that municipalities implement, um, it's always a balance between risk and reward and understanding uh, what a public tolerance for risk is is one of the first steps that we take when we're working with them to understand what type of strategies they want to implement. Michaela and Terry, thanks. So what are municipalities looking for in projects brought forth by developers? What information is helpful from the developer? So I'll take a crack at that. Um, similarly to developers, municipalities want to have a clear understanding of what the developer is looking for when proposing a development project. Most municipalities have a defined vision and mission statements for their communities, and they want assurances that the proposed projects will further implement those visions. They also want to ensure that the projects being proposed will meet the needs of the community with a proven market demand. Most cities have policy objectives, and they want to understand how this project or projects being proposed would accomplish those. Um, and it's important to distinguish between those projects that are simply requesting a permit to construct as opposed to those that are requesting public assistance. When a particular project is um, being brought forth to a community and it's requesting public assistance from the municipality's perspective, they really want to understand um, what is driving the gap and how this project is meeting the community benefits for the, um, for the public. In addition to that, municipalities uh, like to partner with a developer who is interested in maintaining that long-term partnership. Uh, multiple projects instead of one per developer helps because each party is familiar uh, with what is expected from the other and the terms and conditions are acceptable for each. There's oftentimes efficiencies in working with a successful and committed developer as well, um, and that's what municipalities will look for. When working with developers on new projects, it's important to understand um, what the partnership expectations are and that those are established on the front end. And I'll add to that, speaking as a, not only as a municipal advisor today, but as a former CFO for a city, I believe that cities want housing solutions that will cash flow, uh, be financially stable, increase their tax base, support the businesses through density, such as retail, office, and manufacturing. They want a property that is monitored so that the tenants are responsible, management is actively engaged, and the property is well-maintained. They want a developer and a development where the activity is policed and it will help minimize drains on the municipal services provided. They want a developer who will give back to the community and participate in community events and be engaged with the municipality on solving housing problems long-term. Municipalities want developers who creatively solve problem projects and are forward-thinking. Developers who are diverse, they can provide housing communities so that transportation, drainage issues, and infrastructure needs are all part of the project, not a burden that the municipality solves. And they want developers who have a strong reputation for delivering on time, on budget, and compliant with covenants and the developer agreements. 
municipalities are also looking for developers that are able to provide a range of life cycle housing solutions and can blend those properties into a larger master plan development so that all age groups can mingle rather than be segregated. Young career people, new families, established families and empty nesters, along with the more senior focus of assisted living, care facilities and end of life planning. Developers who are able to provide multifamily housing along with the essential services to sustain the communities um, with groceries, supplies, personal services, fuel, convenience centers, fast food, restaurants, gathering spaces and small businesses are all uh, a benefit to a municipality. And finally, developers that are able to provide a range uh, of housing options for those with, with varying income levels and um, needs for one larger development or team of developers that are able to provide this various housing at the multiple affording, or excuse me, multiple affordable thresholds. That's a good point. And I think what we're really looking for developers who can do a lot more than put up a bricks and mortar building. Uh, we're looking for developers who are creative. They can adapt to changing dynamics. In times of limited resources resulting, for example, from COVID-19, there's a growing demand on the existing municipality resources. They want to understand how these proposed projects will benefit their community, help um, provide opportunities for future development. Municipalities have an opportunity to capture the stimulus funds and they can create opportunities for housing, including housing revolving loan funds that will have a long-term benefit. And the other uh, opportunity or problem challenge is that office space hotels and even some schools and arenas, arenas um, may need to be converted to other uses. And this could be an opportunity for housing. This is a time to be creative in addressing housing needs with this one-time stimulus opportunity. Um, affordability of housing is a result of supply and demand. And if you're providing enough supply, you can meet the demand and that could reset rentals, the cost of ownership and create more opportunities and more affordable housing overall. Very, very good. A lot of, lot of very good information uh, here today uh, from municipalities' perspective and insight. And as we wrap up today's BuzzHouse podcast, we really want to thank Terry Heaton and Michaela Hewitt for joining us and sharing their insights. As we know, a lot still remains to be seen in the housing market kind of post-pandemic. As many of you know, the moratoriums on evictions will be lifting soon. What will the changing face of housing needs look after that? How will municipalities be involved with that component? As, as Terry McKellen noted, a lot still out there with the CARES Act and municipalities uh, uh, accessing dollars. We'll see what the Senate does, uh, uh, proposing a bill right now, maybe a, a trillion dollars versus the House's $3 trillion plan. So stay tuned to that. And please reach out to Terry and McHale with any questions around municipal housing strategy and related topics. Thank you again for tuning in today and feel free to reach out to Garrick or myself with any questions about today's podcast or brainstorm on your multifamily development. As always, please check out BillCantilli.com for many resources around COVID-19. If you have any suggested topics, please send them to build at BillCantilli.com. That's B-U-I-L-D at BillCantilli.com. Thank you for joining us today. To receive notification when new episodes become available, please subscribe to Baker Tilly U.S. wherever you get your podcasts.